Hey, Fred. Keith here. Before we start the episode, I just wanted to jump in really quickly to share with you about a little book that I've just put out recently. It's called Breakup, How to Heal and Thrive After a Relationship Ends. You know, I had a marriage of about 24, 25 years end in divorce, and it crushed me. I mean, it really got me down. But after I licked my wounds for a while, I decided I need to put together a strategic plan to pivot from this loss into my next chapter. So I put together this little plan that I call Thrive. So if you're going through a breakup right now, or maybe you've just gone through one recently and you could use a little help, I encourage you to look for the link in the show notes and check out Breakup, How to Heal and Thrive After Relationship Ends. All right, now on with the show. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, the bisexual specialist. And my main mission in life is to help my bisexual family create the life they desire and deserve and construct authentic and affirming faith if they want. But listen, this podcast is for the entire queer community. So you are welcome here, my friend, I promise. On Mondays, it's Bi Talks, where I answer questions and talk about all things related to bisexuality. On Wednesdays, it's Table Talks. This is where I either do a solo episode or invite wonderful guests into the podcast to talk about all things related to the queer community, especially as it deals with Christianity. And then on Fridays, it's Bible Talks, where it's just me sharing some devotion and application from Scripture. So, I invite you to grab that coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this week's Bible Talks. I'm so glad you could join me. I'm Keith Brown. We are continuing our walk through the book of Acts, and I truly enjoy this book, and I enjoy looking at it and, and reading it and trying to gather some historical context and uh, derive some lessons, some applicable life lessons from it. Um, and so the next section we're going to begin is in chapter 8 of Acts, and it begins with verse 1, and we read this. Saul, and, and you remember that in the last, um, sorry, starting right, stopping right there already, <clears throat> excuse me, you remember in the last Bible talks, it was a story of the stoning of Stephen. And you'll remember that one of the uh, witnesses of this stoning was Saul. And uh, we're going to now see about Saul and uh, learn more about Saul and hear from Saul and and all that. But it's kind of interesting because at the at the stoning, it, it's it, it just briefly mentions that Saul was present. So we pick up on this story in chapter eight, and I want to read to read this short section to you, and then just share a couple of thoughts, if I may. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death, and. On that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women. He would put them in prison. So let's look at this contextually, what's going on. You remember that when Peter and the other apostles began to preach about the resurrection of Jesus, this was in such an unpopular and unaccepted opinion by the people that were of the religious authority and church of that day, the Roman, uh, the, the, the Jewish um, religion in um, 
the Roman Empire, and they were not the Sadducees, especially, were not believers in the resurrection at all, and they certainly, as a people, uh, leaders did not believe that this Jesus was the promised Messiah. So, in all of that, you'll remember that they tried to shut up the disciples. They threatened them. They beat them up. They did everything they could to stop them. They even imprisoned him, but nothing worked. And then, of course, you remember that Stephen was one of the diaconists, the deacons, although it, that word is not used in that particular text here in Acts. It is the the birthing, if you would, of the office of deacon within the historical church. But Stephen was one of those that was selected. And Stephen did more than just carry, care for the widows and, and distribute goods. Uh, Stephen was also a man of faith who who shared about this Jesus and the teachings and the resurrection. And because of that, he was despised by those around. And just like that happened with the, the apostles like Peter, Stephen was also attacked and he was brought in. You remember, he gave an account. They didn't care. They made up all false accusations, heresy, all kinds of stuff. And they wound up dragging him out and they stoned him to death. And it is on that that we see that this Saul has begun to be energized by what he's has experienced. And he personally begins to attack the church therein. And the people who had been gathered together because of the promises, the teaching, the resurrection, the love, the exemplification, the miracles that are in Christ Jesus, all these people that were being attracted by this were now, because of the persecution, being dispersed into all areas. They were basically running for their safety, running for their lives. So this unified movement of the church, this unified movement of Christians, this unified movement of followers of Jesus were now being spattered all over the place because of the persecution they were enduring. So let's talk about that a little bit, shall we? Well, first thing that I want to say is the church always has and always will be persecuted. And more specifically, those people who love Jesus and follow Jesus will be attacked as well. And let me move it one step further. Those that disagree with those in authority, those that somehow have a more grace-centered understanding of the Christian faith and Jesus and all that entails, will sometimes also be persecuted by those within the church because they view and experience Jesus on a more grace-filled and a more inclusive nature. So there will always be persecution to followers of Jesus. So maybe that's you. Maybe you're a person who is following Jesus, who loves Jesus, who wants to be a Christian, who wants to be a person that Jesus loves. And you try to be, and maybe you think a little bit outside of the box. Maybe your life doesn't look like everybody else's. Maybe you don't quite believe like some of those people who say you must fit this box. You must believe this way. You must look like me. You must talk like me. You must go to this particular church denomination. You must, 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 must. And maybe you don't do any of those, except you do love and you follow and you just adore Jesus. And maybe through all of that, you are still being attacked. Well, let me put it this way, my dear friend. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the club. Because those who truly, genuinely 
want to follow Jesus and exemplify who Jesus truly was and is will always be persecuted because it requires radical love and grace, which is often outside of the church power, the church authority, the church in control. But take comfort because Jesus was too. Not only Peter, not only Stephen, not only you, but also Jesus. So if I see that Jesus didn't escape this, then how dare I assume that I can? <laughs> and let me tell you, for someone who has been working and sharing in ministry for over 30 years, I can tell you, I have been persecuted more than once personally. And I expect I probably will for the rest of my life. And that's okay. It doesn't deter me from being a follower of Jesus. And it doesn't stop me from speaking my truth about the relationship I have with him, even when it doesn't align with other people's views or opinions. Second thing here, just because people try to shut the church up, just because tr people may try to shut you up, doesn't mean that we shut up. Peter didn't do it. Stephen didn't do it. And neither do we have to do it. And here's the beauty of all this. Yes, it, it is sort of sad that the unity and the fellowship that was taking place in this area at this time, the coming together of all these Christians, this commonality of existence, it's kind of sad that they were dispersed because of this attack. But here's the beauty of all that. Because of this disbursement, there were more people, more regions who were impacted by the story of Jesus. There were more people who may have never heard and experienced Jesus because of what had happened. So, hey, here's a thought. Maybe because I have been hurt by the church at times, that makes me able to better love and speak and encourage some people that might be outside of the normal church environment. And therefore, the message of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the reconciliation that's available through Jesus, the life eternal and wonderful with Jesus might just become more real and inviting to certain people that would not have even listened before. One more thing that I want to mention. It says here that Saul was filled with, a, with anger and, and vengeance because of what he had witnessed. You know, one of the things that we know about society in general is that one little spark of um, rebellion or one little spark of, of anger or attack can sort of fuel a people, 
What do I mean by that? You know, it, it, it's sort of like sometimes a movement. People will go and they'll 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 want to do a, a, a petition against a law or a government or whatever the case may be. Be and all of a sudden that little movement begins to spark sometimes a mob mentality. Now I'm not saying that's always the case, and I'm not saying that every large gathering is a mob. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I am saying is sometimes people are fueled by what they see and experienced. And in this case, Saul truly was. But I'm going to go back to something I said in the last message about Saul. I think, yes, we're going to eventually get to his personal connection, his personal um, uh, relation with Jesus, uh, his personal connection with God on the road to Damascus. We're going to get there. Be patient. But at this point, I have to think in my own mind that Saul was a man conflicted. I think that Saul is Saul, not only the vengeance in which people attacked Stephen, but I think deep down he also saw and experienced the grace and the response of Stephen. So part of me believes that even now, before he has a one-on-one with, with the Lord, before that even happens, I think that even now there is conflict within Saul. What do you think? <laughs> well, anyway, that's a little bit about what's going on today. So let me just summarize and put a little bow on this. What application can we make? Well, it's not really application as much as just comfort, I guess. Just remember if you are a person who loves Jesus and you try to radically love others the way you think Jesus would, there will be people who will come against you. There will be people who judge you. There will be people who will dismiss you. All I can tell you is don't listen. Don't submit to that. Keep loving Jesus and keep being you. Because my friend, you're not alone. Until next time, heal your hurts, move your mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend, this episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.